0: Good morning, everyone. Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer, Global Movement. I'm coming to you live from South Florida. This is Mornings with the Holy Spirit, pressing in daily to the power and presence of God. I'm so grateful that you've joined me. I want to remind you of a couple quick things before we read today's devotion and breakthrough in prayer. We are in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. My church is stationed here. Our studios, were all... Here, laboring in this harvest field and in the nations of the earth, we are a global movement with churches, houses of prayer and prayer hubs in over 30 nations. Track with me. But if you are in South South Africa, oh, Jesus, that was prophetic. If you are in South Florida, come on over to Awakening Us Prayer on Sundays, 1047 a.m. That's not too early. That's not too early. You can still sleep in, get your Starbucks. 10.47 a.m. and 1.30 p.m., two different messages. I'm not regurgitating the a.m. message in the p.m. I've got two different messages, two different revelations, two different worship experiences, two different opportunities for you to encounter God. I'm there preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils all day. If you're not in the region, I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Get on a plane and come visit. You can also watch that first service online at ahop.online. And I want to invite you to become part of our official web church membership uh, opportunity where you can have me as your virtual pastor. There's virtual life groups, we kicked that back off last night. And there is that personal pastoral care line, the email, it's all virtual. That means No, I'm not going to call you and pray with you every morning. But I am praying with you here right now. Go check that out, ahop.online slash web church. That second service is School of the Spirit at Ahop. And it is a training session, church style worship, laying on of hands. But I'm going deeper with you and the things of God. We're kicking off a series on tomorrow. It's knowing in the spirit, understanding, growing learning how to steward your knowings, judge those knowings. I've never heard anybody teach about this in my life, but it's in the Bible. Go check that out and the other courses at schoolofthespirit.tv. Good morning, Ignite Network family, Awakening Prayer Hubs family. Get me as I go in. Get my bag. We're going to read today from Victory Decrees, Daily Prophetic Strategies for Spiritual Warfare Victory. You can pick up a copy of that devotion anywhere books are sold. And today's devotion is titled, listen, 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 today's devotion is titled when you've been worn down and torn down. Oh my, 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 when you've been worn down and torn down. Can anybody relate to this? Hopefully, you're not going through this now, but unfortunately, at some point in time, we're going to go through these seasons of being worn down, and sometimes, if we're not careful, even torn down by the enemy's agenda. That is why we must prepare ahead of time for adversity. Make sure you check out my Sunday message, because that's what I'm talking about, weathering wild adversity, and here is one way to go through today's devotion. Listen. The Lord says, I know some situations you face seem too difficult for you in this season because you've been worn down and torn down. Come on, who can relate? And the Lord says, take heart. Nothing is too hard for me. I am breathing new life upon you and I am building you up. So don't say I cannot go forward. The Lord says, don't say I cannot take another step. And the Lord says, don't say no one understands because I myself understand. And the Holy Spirit says, Jesus is the high priest who understands my God. And the Holy Spirit says "But Jesus is the high priest of your confession. I am your intercessor. I am your standby. I am with you, says the spirit of the living God. Come on, isn't that encouraging? If you're going through, remember that you're going through. Whatever you're going through, remember that you're going through. Winston Churchill once said, "You know, as it, 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 when you're going through hell, don't stop; just keep walking. You'll get to the other side." Today's scripture references Hebrews three one, Hebrews seven twenty five, and John fourteen verse twenty six. Now, the prayer starter and the decree from the devotional. Father, help me recover from enemy tactics to wear me down and tear me down. Restore my soul in the aftermath of the spiritual war and help me rise again. I decree the spirit of weariness attacking my life is worn out and fails to overcome me. I declare my redeemer lives and he is redeeming my soul day by day in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Father, we thank you because you are our redeemer. Your word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we say so. We say yes, Lord. You are our redeemer. You are our justifier. You are our promise keeper, Jesus. You never break a promise. We're so grateful for who you are that we can trust completely in you, holding nothing back. Oh, Jesus. We can trust completely in you. You will never let us down. Those who hope in the Lord will never be put to shame. That is your promise. That is your offer to us. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to negotiate with you to get you to do what you said you would do. We don't have to try to negotiate a better deal because Jesus is the best deal. Jesus was the best you had to offer and you offered him up on a cross to pay the price for our sins so that we Could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we could come boldly to the throne of grace to find grace and obtain mercy to help us in time of need. Father, would you help us see our need, not our natural need, but our spiritual need? Would you remind us this morning, this evening, this afternoon, how needy we really are? That apart from you, we can't do anything. We are needy, desperate people. We need more of you. We need more of everything that you have to offer. And we're so grateful that we serve a God who knows what we need. You know what is best for us in in any given situation. You know what we should say, what we should do, where we should go. And you order our steps. You are a gracious God, a God of kindness and mercy, overflowing with wisdom. That is the God that we serve. And we thank you this morning for who you are. You don't change, you're immutable, you never sway. There's no shifting shadow of turning in you. You don't change your mind. You're not double-minded, you're not a willy-nilly God. You don't go to and fro as if there was nothing at stake, but you gave your son because we were at stake. We were going to hell, but you gave your son so that we could go to heaven forever and live with you for all eternity. Father, help us to remember today that these afflictions, these light afflictions, even though they don't seem light, these afflictions, these issues, these trials, these warfares, these obstacles, these challenges, would you help us to remember that we can embrace the work of these oppositions, these opposing forces, we can embrace it. We can find a lesson in it. We can rejoice while we go through it because you're with us in it. We don't have to be down and out because you're bringing us up and over. We don't have to be down and out because you're bringing us up and over. We don't have to look down and say, woe is me. We can look up and say, wow, there's God. Isaiah saw you, he saw you, he saw you, and your train filled the temple. Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord. Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord. Father, we want to see your glory. Moses saw the glory of the Lord. Father, would you show us your glory? Would you show us your glory? Would you show us your glory? We want to be glory dwellers, God. We want to live in your glory, in your presence, in your goodness. Help us, Lord, to make the adjustments that we need to make in our life, to make more time for you, to sit in your presence and wait for you to speak, to be still and know that you are God. No matter what we face, no matter what we're walking through, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what lack seems to be manifesting, help us, Lord, To make more time for you because you are our only good. You are our one thing. You are the most high God. You are the problem solver of the universe because you created it and you know how it works. You created us and you know how we work. So help us, Lord. I hear that, Lord. The Lord is saying he's wanting to do a retooling a retooling, a retooling, a retooling. He's wanting to do a retooling in some of our lives, a retooling. Let me look at that word for you and tell you what it means specifically. So you can come into agreement with, I just heard the Lord say retooling. And this is interesting because he told me at the beginning of the pandemic, I want you to retool the ministry. He said, I want you to retool it, to retool it. I'm like, what does that mean? And now he's saying to you today, I want to retool some things in your life, what does that mean? It means reorganize. It means to re-equip with tools. Some of you need some new tools. How many of you need some new tools? How many of you need some new equipment? Come on. How many of you need you know, some new hammers and some new wrenches me- metaphorically? How many of you could use to see some things in your life reorganized, re It means to, to re-equip Some of you, you were equipped. Some of you, you were equipped for the last season, the challenges of the last season. You were equipped for the last opportunity, the opportunities of the last season. But now God is saying, it's time to retool because I want to bring you into the new. I want to bring you into the next. I want you to be ready for the adversity that comes down the pike when you step into that blessing. And so you need to be re-equipped, equipped equipped in a different way, equipped at a higher level, equipped with a different... uh, anointing, and God is going to do that for you as you yield to him. Retooling, it means to reorganize some of you need to reorganize your household. Some of you need to reorganize your businesses. Uh-oh. Some of you need to reorganize your ministries. Some of you need to... I remember when the Lord told me to retool. And we have retooled. And you know what comes after retooling? Increase. You know what comes after retooling? More peace, more wisdom, more joy. You know what comes after retooling? Whatever it is that you need. Retooling, it means to Revise. It means to modify. Now, this isn't always a sweeping, (laughs) this isn't always a sweeping change. Oh, Jesus. This isn't always a sweeping change. This isn't always like massive change. Don't let this intimidate you. Because one definition of retool is this. Listen, to make especially minor changes or improvements. This is a good word if you'll listen in. To make especially minor changes or improvements. That means it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Some of you, if you just move over a millimeter, you'd be right smack dab in the center of God's will. Some of you, these adjustments that you need to make are so relatively minor, and the enemy has talked you into thinking that you've got to make some massive sweeping changes. Everything needs to change. My marriage, my mind, my life, my job, and all of these things need to change. When in reality, sometimes a retooling is is a minor change. That's how School of the Spirit at Ahop came about. I was preaching the same message twice. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. And I said, why don't I teach my schools in the second service and bless the South Florida community who don't get these messages in their church? And you know what happened? Increase of joy. Increase of enjoyment. Increase of attendance at the church. Increase, increase. It was a minor change. Oh, Jesus, would you show us, Lord, how we can retool? Come on, tap into this with me. Would you help us, Lord? What? Show us how we need to retool. Help us, Lord. Maybe it is a massive change. Maybe. Maybe it is enrolling in some kind of equipping so we can be ready for the next thing you have for us. Maybe it's spending longer in the word, even 15 minutes longer. Oh Jesus. Maybe it's praying in tongues on the way to church or on the way to work. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's it's spending less time with some friends and more time with others. Maybe, maybe there's some book that we need to read to help our mind grab hold of some new concepts about your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to see how we can tool. You have a plan. You have a strategy. You know what needs to change. You know what needs to be revised. You know what needs to be modified. You know what minor change needs to happen. You know what improvements you want to make. And I know, Lord, that it starts in our mind. It starts in our mind. We've got to get the bright idea. We've got to get the unction, the notion, the revelation. It starts in our mind. Actually, it starts in our spirit. Have gifts God expects you to use them if you need training to school your gift log on to school of the spirit TV you'll find training in spiritual warfare prophetic ministry prayer seers ministry writing and so much more go to school the spirit TV today you want to go deeper hits our mind, then our mind is renewed. Then our will bends more towards yours. Then our emotions can settle out. Then our imaginations can be free to dream. Then our intellect can back up the the revelation and execute it in the natural realm. Father, thank you that you're repairing things. Thank you that you're reestablishing things. Thank you that you're modernizing our minds. Come on thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the reforms that you want to bring in our heart, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're refashioning uh, some, some some aspects of our businesses and our churches. You are giving us a makeover. Come on, who needs a makeover? I don't mean going to Sephora. I'm talking about a mind makeover. I'm talking about an emotional makeover. I'm talking about, come on, a makeover, a business makeover, a ministry makeover. Who needs a makeover? Jesus. Come on. I'm getting into it now. The Holy Spirit has got you right where he wants you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to yield, to yield to those minor adjustments, to yield, to yield, to Lord, do it overhaul if you have to. I see that, Lord. Some of you on this broadcast, you need more than a makeover. You need an overhaul, and that's okay because God is in the overhaul business. Jacob was a swindler, and he became Israel, and he became the father, the father, the father. I mean, Israel is named after him. He was a swindler. He was Saul. Saul was a murderer. Saul was a persecutor. And he became Paul. He had a makeover. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what kind of issues you had in your past that keep you stuck in your present, unable to move into your future. But God is in the makeover business. And if you need a makeover, if you need an overhaul, then God can do it for you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are retooling. You are fixing us up. You are reassembling some things in our life. You are rebuilding us where the enemy tore us down, reestablishing us where we backed off our assignment, regenerating our spirits inside, renewed day by day. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the retooling. We thank you, Lord, for the remaking. We thank you, Lord, for the remodeling. We We thank you, Lord, for the renovating. We thank you, Lord, for the rejuvenation. We thank you, Lord, for the restoration. We thank you, Lord, that you're revamping things, reworking things. Thank you, Jesus. Reconditioning things, refashioning things. Thank you, Jesus. Reorienting our minds to the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Remolding us because we got off the potter's wheel too early. Thank you, Jesus. Reshuffling the deck, so to speak, because things got mixed up and out of order. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're putting all the pieces together. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's listening to me today, and you feel like you lost yourself or you lost a piece of yourself. But Jesus knows where the pieces are, and he's going to retool you. He's going to put you back together again. You're not like Humpty Dumpty. You will not be permanently destroyed. You will not be permanently sent back. But God is saying today that I will put you back together again, and you will be better than ever. You know, which reminds me, this is kind of glib, but I just had a memory of the six million dollar man and the bionic woman. Some of you have been through such hell and it's almost like the devil just tried to destroy you, but God is putting you back together again. And when he does that, you're going to have more supernatural, more strength, more anointing, more peace, more, 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 more. Thank you Lord today. We yield to your retooling. Hey, we yield to your retooling. <laughs> hey, we yield to your retooling. Come on, Michelle. We yield to your retooling. We yield. we say, Lord, whatever you want to do, you do it. We're not going to get in your way. We're not going to stand in your way. We're not going to resist your retooling. We thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Come on, who's got some joy this morning? Who's happy about this this morning? I like it. I like it. You're You're re-equipping us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The devil wrote a story for our next season, but you are revising it. You are edifying. You are editing it. You are modifying it. You're you're erasing all those things the enemy wanted to do, and you are putting your storyline back in place in our life in Jesus' name. Remember, we're in a Genesis 50-20 season. What the enemy meant for harm, what the enemy meant for harm, what the enemy meant for harm, God will turn it to your good. What the enemy meant for harm, the destruction he tried to bring in your life. He's going to hang on his own noose. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We're so grateful. Come on, 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 we're so grateful. 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 We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Come on, let's not stop praying now. We're going to pray through this. And I want to ask you a question. God's asked you a question. What's in your hand? Because God will not leave you empty handed. And maybe part of your retooling, listen, maybe part of your retooling is you seeing what you already have that you neglected, or you seeing what you already have that you just did not discern. You seeing what's already in your hand and how God can use it. Maybe that's part of your retooling today. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe, just maybe. What's in your hand? Because God will use what's in your hand. You have to be assured of of that. Listen, you might not have a college education, but God will use what's in your hand. You might not have a fancy car that you want, but God will use what's in your hand. You might not be the most eloquent speaker, but God will use what's in your hand. You might not be this or that or the other thing that you think you need to be to succeed, but God will use what's in your hand. Remember Moses. I want to pray teach you for these next few minutes. Remember Moses. Remember Moses. Moses in Exodus 4. (laughs) God encountered him at the burning bush and he said, go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses said, well, what if they don't believe me? that I've actually encountered Yahweh? What if they don't believe me that I've encountered the God Almighty, Jehovah? What if they don't believe me? What if they say the Lord did not appear to you? Here was Moses being sent into uh, just a, a very difficult, complex situation with lots of warfare and danger. And he is probably fearful of this new assignment the Lord has given him. And if you look through the pages of the Bible, many times, most times, the assignment brought fear to the ones who... Who were given it. In other words, many times God's assignment is overwhelming, or it causes you to think that you're not ready, that you can't do it, that you're not able, but you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. And the Lord said to Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. <laughs> it's so funny. Can you imagine that? I mean, picture that. Here's Moses. You know, he throws the staff down. He's obeying God step by step. The staff becomes a snake and he's like, ah, and he runs away. And the Lord said, reach out your hand and take the snake by the tail. If that were me, I'd be like, yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Can you turn it back into a staff first, please? Because that kind of freaks me out. Picking up a snake by the tail, it's going to bite me. This was an exercise where Moses had to trust God. This was an exercise where Moses saw the power of God and what would be his response to the demonstration of power. Would Moses continue to shrink back from the assignment God gave him in the face of the demonstration of God's power in the burning bush, then in the, in the, in the, in the turning the rod into a snake, or would Moses go ahead and trust God? This was kind of a test in a way. And God said to Moses, reach out your hand, uh, take the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and took the snake and and it turned back into a staff in his hand. And then the Lord said, now go, go, go and do what I've called you to do. But Moses wasn't the only one. See, you have something in your hand. It might not look like enough but it's sufficient. It might not look like it has the the sufficiency, but God's grace is all sufficient. What was in David's hand? He didn't have a sword to deal with Goliath. He couldn't wear Saul's armor. It hadn't been tested. What was in David's hand? A sling and a stone, and God put the grace behind the stone, pop, and it knocked down Goliath. That was a supernatural thing, but what if David had tried to use something he wasn't supposed to use? God's not calling you to use something that's in somebody else's hand. God wants you to use what he put in your hand. Don't try to imitate other people and preach like they do or prophesy like they do or, or, or whatever, like they do. You use what God has put in your hand and it will bring you increase. When Jesus was, was there preaching out in the, out in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, he said, feed the people. There were thousands, thousands, five, six, seven, eight thousand people there. And, and he had no food to give them, but The boy had some lunch and Jesus took the bread in his hand and it multiplied to feed the multitudes. I said, Jesus took the bread in his hand and he blessed what was in his hand. He didn't compare what was in his hand to what was in somebody else's hand. He blessed what was in his hand. He thanked the father for what was in his hand and it multiplied and fed the multitudes. And it's the same thing with uh, Elijah in 2 Kings and the widow who are not the widow, but the, the, the woman who had the oil, the widow who had the oil and she just had, a little tiny bit of oil. Elijah's like, go get it. What's in your hand? She didn't think it was enough, but she never ran dry. The oil never ran dry till the famine was over. She had provision in her household before, as long as there was famine. She was taking care of. What's in your hand? Are you hearing me? What's in your hand? Because God will use what's in your hand. He won't use what's in somebody else's hand. He can cause someone to bless you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to start looking at what you do have. Listen to me. You need to start focusing on what you do have instead of what you don't have. Jesus, when he fed the multitudes, he wasn't like, well, you know, oh boy, I got a little, you know, one, a, a, a few fish and five loaves. Yeah, that's not enough. No, God doesn't have a lack mentality. God will use whatever is there. He will do a miracle through it, with it for, it, for you if he has to. Stop looking at what you don't have. Well, I don't have a college education. So what? What's in your hand? Well, I don't have, uh, uh, I don't own my own home. So what? What's in your hand? Well, I, I, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. So what? So what? So what? What's in your hand? And God will bless what's in your hand. And we need to start trusting him to do it because throughout the pages of scripture over and over, we see examples of people who had very little to nothing and God used what they had to provide for them or to help them win a battle or to help them minister the word of God. So father today, would you help us? Would you help us? Would you help us to stop looking at what we don't have? Help us to stop looking and focusing and dwelling and being consumed and overwhelmed by what little we have, or or what we don't have, or what we need that we don't have. We don't know how to get it. And Jesus, would you help us just to trust you that you will use what's in our hands? Come on, what's in your hand? What's it? What do you have? What has God already given you that he wants to increase or use to bring increase in your life? He's given you an anointing. He's given you an intellect. He's given you so many things already. What's in your hand? At the very least you can pray. You've got prayer. You've got you've got you've got God on your side. You've got the angels. So Father, thank you today. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord to see what you've already given us and to appreciate what you've already given us as we seek increase, as we seek solutions, as we seek wisdom. Help us, Lord, to have an appreciation and a gratitude for what you've already given us. That is half of our problem is we want to look at what we don't have and we're not thankful for what we do have. Father, help us to change that paradigm in our mind where we're always looking at what's lacking instead of being thankful for what we have. (laughs) You know, you might not like that husband you have, but somebody else would probably be glad to have them. Be thankful. Oh, Jesus, did I just say that? I'm sorry. Not. Come on. You might not like that house you have, but somebody else would be thrilled to have your house. Come on. I'm talking about an attitude of gratitude here for what God has put me in your hands. Thank God Moses had a staff. He wasn't without anything. Thank God the little boy had his lunch with him. There was not not really a lack, there was just a limiting belief. There wasn't a lack. There there wasn't a lack of food, there was a lack of faith. Come on, uh uh-oh. Maybe there's not a lack of money in your household, maybe there's a lack of faith to receive the money. Come on, I'm not trying to, to, to make you mad. I'm just saying, what if the, the lack that you see with your eyes was because of the lack of the faith in your heart? What if your mind is focused on the wrong thing? And instead of praying and being thankful for what you do have, what if that shifted everything for you? What if you what if an attitude of gratitude and being thankful and praying and asking God for what you need? He knows what you need before you ask. What if that shifted your whole life? What if that's the retooling that you really need today? What if? Instead of all your, what if, what if, what if this bad thing happens? And what if that bad thing happens? And what if this bad thing? And what if this happens? What if that? And what if that? And all these negative what ifs. What if you switched your what ifs to the positive? What if God showed up? What if I got that new position? What if I got that new house? What if I got that that baby that we've been trying to have? What if we, what if, what if, why don't we switch our what ifs to the good side? And be thankful for what we have and expect that God will do more because we have appreciated what he's done so far. Come on, some of you, I'm telling you the truth. We've got to be a people of gratitude. Why? Come on. You know, my daughter, when she was little, she was she didn't ask for much, but she was grateful for what she got. She could have had anything she wanted, but she didn't ask for much. But if she wasn't grateful, I probably wouldn't have given her as many many things. I'm not talking about provision. I'm talking about, you know, sneakers and video games and all the stuff that kids want. If you have an ungrateful child, you're not as, you know, excited about giving them things because they don't appreciate it. And so God wants to give you things, but you need to appreciate what he's already given you. Amen. Retooling. A retooling. A retooling. A retooling. A retooling. A retooling. Thank you, Lord. So we give you praise. Help us to walk in an attitude of gratitude today for your glory, because you are worthy of our praise and honor. You are worthy of our allegiance. You are worthy of our everything. And so we give it to you today in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Come on. Isn't that good? That was a good word. It's a good thing. The Lord helps me pray. I always ask him every morning, help me pray for your people. God, help me, help me, help me pray for your people. God. We're totally dependent on him. We're totally dependent on him. Jesus, gratitude attracts the spirit of God. I'm telling you, the Bible tells us, give thanks, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. Thank you, Lord. If you want to sow into this word today, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. This was a good word. Some of you need to memorialize it by saying, I'm putting my putting my faith on that, I'm putting my seed on that, I'm going forward with that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yield, I'm gonna retool, I'm gonna use what's in my hand, I'm gonna remember this day, I'm gonna sow into that word. If you want to do that, you can sow into that at jenniferleclair. So into the missions if you can, jenniferleclair.org slash missions. We are we were talking yesterday about, you know, just what we did in London and how all these people who never knew each other other before they met Vanessa and myself before none of these people knew each other now they've got this little community over there and they're wishing each other happy birthday and they're gathering for coffee and tea and mostly tea and they're doing all and that just it just brings tears to my eyes how the Lord used us and then Vanessa's like I wonder where he's going to send us next you know and so we want to we want to get into uh, missions most likely in uh, Latin America that's where we're praying into right now but who knows where God will send us if you can sow into that mission would you do that at Jennifer slash missions. We want to train leaders to train their people, and we want to preach the gospel. Or you can also use the Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the Facebook stars. You can use the YouTube stickers. You can use the Cash App is dollar sign prophetic books, rather. Dollar sign prophetic books is the Cash App. The PayPal is paypal.me slash Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the Venmo. Venmo is at Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the text to give. The text to give is 754-701-2161. Text the word pray to 754-701-2161. Text the word pray. You can use, what else do we have here? i to make it easy as possible for you to sew. PO Box 30563, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33303. P.O. Box 30563, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33303. And God is good. If you're international, you want to use our wire service. You can use that. Go to jenniferleclair.org slash donate, and the wire instructions are right there for you. And do consider becoming a partner. That would really help us to gauge what's coming in and what we can do with what is in our hand. Amen love you guys. I will see you on the other side. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer Leclerc is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.